0: May the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. 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 Please be seated. Paul Harvey moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Chicago, Illinois in 1944 to begin broadcasting news and comment on WENR Radio, an ABC affiliate in Chicago. So wildly popular did his um, news program become that he soon became syndicated all over the country. At the height of his popularity, towards the end of his life, there, there were more than 24 million listeners every week on more than 1,200 stations, 400 armed, services, uh, armed forces broadcasting network stations, and he was in 300 newspapers. Somebody was transcribing what he had to say and putting it down for the paper. But he wasn't just famous for his news, and you know that, right? He he started this segment called, The Rest of the Story. And the rest of the story was, well, the rest of the story, wasn't it? It was the backstory, the story that you didn't know about. And and he would tell you these stories, and they would always hold out this little caveat, you know, the identity of the person, or or the place, or some sort of... uh, fascinating part and, and and all the way to the end. And then and then he would tell you and, and if you are clever enough you tried to figure this out as he was going along. But but Paul always ended his his rest of the story with, and now you know the rest of the story. You know the rest of the story. I think the gospel lesson today kind of calls for a rest of the story. What's the rest of the story? You notice how it began? And while they were still speaking these things And while who was speaking these things Where were they speaking these things All these questions sort of jump up in your mind Well, maybe I can give you the rest of the story It's the first Easter Sunday The story takes place on the first Easter Sunday Early in the morning Three women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna Mary the mother of James Head to Jesus' tomb Luke says they get there The stone is rolled away the tomb is empty, and there are two angels. Actually, Luke says there are two men sitting in dazzling white clothes. Something is different about these men. They're just not normal, ordinary fellows. <clears throat> they're, they're they're angelic messengers. We find out later in the story they actually are angels. They're sitting in there, and they ask the women the question, why do you seek the living among the dead? They're shocked. They, they run back. As they would do, and they tell the men these followers of Jesus, these people we call disciples and later apostles, they run back and tell them, "You're not going to believe what happened." You're not know, getting this picture. I'm kind of out of breath. We went to the tomb, wait a second, and there was empty, no body, and and there were two men there, and they looked like angels, and and they said, "He's risen." They say that Jesus is alive. They said that he's he's resurrected from the grave. I mean. He's no longer dead. Do you know what the men say to them? Here's what the men say. It's not recorded. Luke forgot to record it. But here's what they said. Pish posh. Nonsense. Enough tomfoolery. Peter, maybe a little suspect, runs and checks it out, but nobody else does. Here's the way Luke records the story on the first day of the week, early at dawn. The women came to the tomb taking spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away, but when they went in, they did not find the body. They were perplexed by this. But that was like a little porky the pig right there. Suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. Women were terrified, bowed their faces to the ground. Men said, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. The Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and crucified, third day rise again. Then they remembered his words and returning to the tomb. Uh, returning from the tomb, they told all the to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told it to the disciples or the apostles. Just like I told you, right? Verse 11. But these words seemed an idle tale, and they did not believe them. My mother used to call them old wives' tales. Anybody ever heard that one before? Oh, that's just some old wives' tale. That's and this is what they say. Fish-bosh. Fast forward with me. It's the same day. Okay? The same day. This happened early in the morning. Later in that day, two of the followers of Jesus decided enough's enough. We're going home. They live seven miles from Jerusalem in a city called Emmaus. We're going home. And so they're walking home. They're walking down the road, and all of a sudden this fellow walks up to them and says, Why the long faces? He says this to these two disciples walking home. And they stop in the road and they say to him. Are you an idiot? Where have you been? Have you been living under a rock? Don't you know what happened in Jerusalem this week? What do you mean why the long faces? Don't you know about Jesus? Have you, have you not heard about him? They they say to this stranger who's walking down the road. And he says no, tell me about him. And, and they say we hoped he was going to be the Messiah. Turns out he got killed by the Romans. Not a very good Messiah. And this stranger begins to talk to them. He begins to tell them a story. He tells them a story that it was, you know, let me tell you about what I read in the Bible. And he starts with Genesis and goes to Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges and 1 and 2 Samuel and 1 and 2 Kings. And he begins going through book after book of the Bible. And the stranger is saying to them, you know what I read in the Bible? I read that it was actually necessary for the Messiah to come, suffer die and three days later to be raised from the dead that's what i read in the bible and by the time he gets to the end of the story they had reached their destination so these two disciples of jesus say to this stranger come on in have some supper guess what's at the table a little bread a little wine and jesus takes the bread and he he blesses it he breaks it and he hands it to him and as he hands it to him Their eyes are open and they realize the stranger in their midst was Jesus himself. It was him. It was the stranger who was walking. They didn't recognize him. Something about that, isn't it? Something about that mysterious resurrection body. That they don't recognize him until he's ready for them to recognize him. Well, what would you do if this had happened to you? Well, that's what they do. Luke says that very hour. I bet it was that very minute, don't you? I mean, I think there's something lost in translation right there. I think they ran out of that door. And seven miles later, reached the destination back in Jerusalem. We've seen this story before, right? Now it's two other people. You're not going to believe what we just saw. We just saw Jesus. And that's while they're still talking. While they're still talking, our text picks up today. While they're still saying this. Jesus shows up in their midst. Luke says he stood. Look at the text. Take the the bulletin. Look at it with me, will you? Luke says he stood among them. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and says to them, Peace. I'll bet that the last thing they felt like feeling was peace, don't you? You, you know, the most ancient copies of the uh, of the, um, the of the letter of Luke or Luke's Gospel rather, the most ancient copies don't have this little saying from Jesus. They don't where he says, "Peace be with you." It doesn't say that. Some of the most ancient ones just read, "While they were still talking about this, Jesus Himself stood among them, and they were terrified. They were startled and terrified." There's not even the little bit about "Peace be with you." Jesus shows up. He didn't walk into the room. Did you notice that? There's no. There's, Jesus didn't sneak up. You know, it's not a knock at the door. Hello, anybody home? It, you know, he didn't come in the back door. They're sitting around, gathered there, and suddenly Jesus stands in the middle of the room. He stood among them. He didn't walk in. Luke says he stood among them. He just simply shows up. And now again, I don't know what you would do. I'm a chicken. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bona fide panafraidy kind of cat. Some of you watch scary movies. God bless you, because I don't. You know, I remember ten years ago, uh, friends of ours brought over a film. We were having like pizza, and you know, come on over, let's watch a movie together. Oh, we got this great movie; you're going to love it. And they brought it in, and it was The Sixth Sense. Have you ever seen this film? Oh, I watched the film under a blanket. You know, here I am, an adult. I, you know, I'm in my 30s, and uh, I'm laying on the floor behind the couch, kind of peeking out. And, and my friends had to think, this guy needs help. You know, I mean, who are you? i'm i'm kind of a chicken i'm a frady cat i don't i don't do scary movies my kids do my wife will i don't you know and so i can imagine jesus showing up in the room they were startled and terrified luke says jesus says in verse 38 why are you frightened and why do doubts arise among you I don't know, Jesus, because you're dead, you know, and you're standing here. I saw you die and now you're here. Why am I frightened? Because dead people don't stand in the middle of a room. Have you anything to eat? He says, have you anything to eat? Yes, sure, we have fish. Um, why are you frightened and terrified? Why do doubts rise up within you? Because people who are dead don't stand in the middle of the room. But then He says, look, look at my hands. Look, look at my feet. It is I myself, Luke says. Luke writes it this way. Hey, this I myself. That's not how He would say it. It's really me. This is, it's really me, Jesus says. And then He opened their mind. Look at verse 45. Look at it in, in that text. Then He, do you see verse 45? He opened their minds to understand The Scriptures. You know something? The Bible is a story. It is a story. It's not a collection of stories. It's not a collection of writings by people who all happen to believe in God. It's not a collection of wise sayings. All those things are true, but that's not what it is. It is a story. It is one singular story. And here's how the story goes. A good God made a good creation and blessed it And he put human beings at the very top of creation. He made them masters over everything. And that wasn't enough because they wanted to be God over everything. And they made themselves into God and they destroyed what was good inside of them. And yet, this good creator God did not give up on the humans. Instead, this good Creator God sought to reach out to them and sought to reach out to them and tried to build promises and relationships with them and they still wouldn't have it. And the Creator God said, the only way that I am ever going to restore the relationship between the humans and myself is to become one of them and suffer their most cruel hatred. Die and rise again. And then I can reconcile them to myself. This is the story of the Bible. This is the story Jesus tells walking down the road to Emmaus. It's the story that he tells the disciples in the room when they're shocked and frightened and terrified. And it's the story that the church has been telling for 2,000 years ever since. i got to tell you, when I first read this text, I was a little miffed at the last verse. Verse 49 wasn't in the lectionary reading. The Verse 49, it's not in your bulletin, says... Uh, verse 48 you are my witnesses of these things verse 49 and behold I'm sending the promise of my father upon you stay in the city until you're clothed from power on high I thought well you know that's kind of the way you end the story you end the story with you're my witnesses and you're going to be clothed with power from the Holy Spirit that's the way you that's the way you end it the actual sentence verse 48 you are witnesses of these things The word are is actually not in the text. We have to supply it because there's no verb in the actual sentence. You witnesses these things. That's what it says, literally. You witnesses these things. Three nouns. You witnesses (laughs) these things. So we have to supply the word are to make sense of the sentence. You know, you are witnesses. Not you are doing witnessing, not you are testifying. You are witnesses. You, Holy Trinity, Anglican Church, Hudson, Ohio, the year of our Lord 2012, are witnesses of these things. Of the Creator God who found you, who sought you and brought you back to Himself. You are witnesses of these things. Witnesses is a... That's a, that's a forensic, a, a legal term, isn't it? Witnesses. It comes from a courtroom. In a courtroom, a judge judges, right? A prosecutor prosecutes whatever they do. They, 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 they impeach. The defense attorney is an advocate. He advocates on behalf of the of the, of the accused. What do the witnesses do? The witnesses testify. The witnesses testify to the things that they know. And you. And I. We are witnesses to these things. That the Creator God, in the person of Jesus Christ, died for the sins of the world, and on the third day, rose again. We are witnesses. And what do witnesses do? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.